Chapter Fifteen of Devlin the Barber by B. L. Fargin. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Devlin put down the newspaper and waited for me to speak. I think, sir, I've told you exactly what he said, and as fur as possible in his own words. They are so printed on my mind that I couldn't forget him if I tried ever so hard. As he described what had took place, it was as if he was painting pictures and he made me see him. I saw the poor girl's home. I saw her setting with her father and mother in just such a little room as this, for they are only humble people, sir. I saw her kiss em good-night. I saw her in her bedroom a-doing herself up before the looking-glass. I saw her put the bunch of white daisies in her belt. I saw her steal out of the house to the park. I saw the man and her walking about among the trees, and sometimes setting down to talk. I heard a scream, another, another, and I covered my eyes with my hands to shut it all out. I was so overcome that I hadn't strength to wrench myself away from Devlin, who was smoothing my hair with his hands, but presently I managed to scream, "'Don't touch me! Don't touch me! You! You!' "'You what?' asked Devlin in his false voice, moving a little away from my chair my scream and him speaking again brought me to myself never mind never mind i said if you know what i'm thinking about it's no use my telling you i do know he said why it's wrote on your face and i know too that you want to ask me some questions fire away mr devlin i said upon that you slept at home last night didn't you certainly i did he answered don't you remember Lemon and me coming in together? Yes, I said, I remember. Don't you remember, he said, that you brought me up a cup of tea before you went to bed, and that I told you I had a lot of writing to do, and that I said what a treasure you was, and how happy Lemon ought to be with such a wife? Yes, I said, I remember. I couldn't say nothing else, it was the truth. Inspired by the excellent tea you make, he went on, I stopped up late and did my writing. If I mistake not, you put the chain on the street door before you went to bed. Yes, I did. And when you went down this morning, the chain was still up? Yes, it was. And I breakfasted with you and Lemon? Yes, you did. And I presume you made my bed some time during the day? Of course I did. Did it look as if it had been slept in? Yes. So that you see, my dear landlady, he said, grinning at me, that it wasn't possible for me to have murdered the girl. "'Who said you did it?' I asked, starting back, for he had come close to me, and I thought he was going to touch me again. "'You didn't say so,' he said, but you thought so. It was wrote in your face, as I told you a minute ago. It is women like you who would put a man's life in danger, and think no more of it than snuffing a candle.' He didn't remain with me much longer but went up to his room. He was right in what he said he saw wrote in my face while he was smoothing my hair. An idea had entered my head that it was him who had killed the poor girl. I think him bad enough for anything. There's nothing wicked I wouldn't believe of him. But of course it wasn't possible for him to have done it. And I thought with thankfulness it wasn't possible for Lemon to have done it, for he never stirred out of the house that night. 
it was what lemon said in his sleep that made me tremble and shiver why sir he spoke of the murder before it was done it says in the papers that when the poor girl was found she had been dead hours and the doctor fixes it that she must have been murdered between two and three o'clock in the morning and two hours and a half before she was murdered lemon was raving in his sleep and telling all about it how did he know sir how did he know if it had been a ordinary case if lemon had only spoken his sleep about some murder or other and i'd read the next day that a murder had been committed that night it would have been strange but nothing so very much out of the way our minds sometimes runs on dreadful things enough to give one the creeps and we ain't accountable for everything we say when we're asleep but lemon said victoria park and it was done in victoria park he said eighteen years and that was just her age he said golden hair and she had golden hair he said a bunch of white daisies and she wore a bunch of white daisies he said blood on him and there was blood on him he said stabbed to the heart and she was stabbed to the heart i'll tell you sir what come to me and made me feel almost like a murderess it was that if i'd really known what was going to happen when i heard lemon talking in his sleep i might have saved the life of that poor girl but how was it possible for me to know still that didn't prevent me feeling like a guilty woman but how much did lemon know did the wretch who killed the girl tell him beforehand what he was going to do and was lemon wicked enough to keep it to himself was the murderer an acquaintance of lemon's if he was i made up my mind that a hour shouldn't pass after lemon was awake this morning before i put the police on the wretch's track lemon would know his name and where he lived perhaps whatever was the consequences i'd do what i could to bring the monster into the dock i was more than sorry that the doctor had give lemon such a strong sleeping draught and i prayed that he would wake up sooner than i expected i went to the bedroom but there was lemon fast asleep with a face as innocent as a babe unborn he wasn't dreaming he wasn't talking his mind was at rest as well as his body you know more than i do sir could anybody with something dreadful on his mind have slept like that but my mind was made up the very minute lemon was sensible and knew what he was about to the police station he should go with me and make a clean breast of it End of chapter 15